it's a pleasure to be speaking with both of you. And first, we'll throw it at Alan. Alan, how much of James is there in you, the human being? How you doing, man? Uh, how much of James is there in me, the human being? Um, a lot, I would say, without telling you the contents of my journal. I have fear, you know, I have fear. Sometimes I, uh, I have a public persona in, in order to protect certain parts of me that I don't want to show, I haven't figured out. And I think with James, I think he, had, he just, he has more um, public personas, multiple public personas that he's playing all at once. Sure. And doing a really good job at it. Um, so, uh, and I think he probably maybe does a lot of less, lot less introspection um up until this point so yeah i think his his issues sort of unfold differently from than the way mine's do. <laughs> good answer there cleo same question at you with vanessa is there an, any vanessa in you the human being certainly i think um well we're very different people but we do share some experiences i think um the isolation perhaps of being biracial and sometimes not knowing where you fit. I, I have dealt with that. I do relate to that experience, but I'm an artist. I have an outlet. I have more self-reflection. Um, I think Vanessa is suffering a lot. I don't think she's looking at it. And I think that's why we see it spill out in the violent way that it does. Well, follow-up question at you, Cleo. We became diehard fans of Cleo from the Erica Dundee character, and then we saw you in The Right One, et cetera. Infinity Pool is great. Are you going to be singing anytime soon? Do we get new music from you anytime soon? Um, yeah, I, I, I've been working a lot as an actor, but I do have a film that I'm writing and where I play a singer, but I don't know when that's going to come out. So, But thank you for asking about it. <laughs> Keep staying posted on that one. Alan, are you allowed to say what is next for you or is it a lot of nothing all the time, forever and ever? It's a lot of nothing right now. I mean, no pun intended, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of nothing right now. And hey, yeah, in, in, in a lot of ways forever. But yeah, man, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Was there a highlight for you, Alan, in making this film? Get to work with Cleo. And my brother Mo, that was that was great. And then you know we have uh, the way we opened this film with the Warner. That was really when I started acting through doing theater. So it was really reminiscent of those days. So to be able to sort of have the best of both worlds was really cool. Cleo, no pressure here, but he just said that the highlight was working with you. So is that the mutual thing? The highlight was working with Elon. Alan and Mo, um, this is difficult subject matter, but also just as characters, like in a marriage like that, really intense stuff. You have to be able to trust each other implicitly. And Alan was there for me in every second. There was not a single moment I looked in his eyes and I was like, oh, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have my back. Like it was, and that one, we have a 17 minute one take scene at the beginning of the film that's that's no easy feat and so yeah it was it was absolutely wonderful to work with Alan and and yeah a, a genuine highlight well that was going to be my last question and we'll throw it at you Cleo uh 
the 17 minute one shot scene that we see how many takes did that take I think I remember Mo saying I don't remember because we were just so in it right and when we finished some of the crew cried it was like a very beautiful cathartic experience we all felt like we really did something mm-hmm. uh, I think he said we did like 11 or something I don't know Alan do you remember I thought we did like three but then at the Q&A <laughs> Eni said that we did nine okay something like but that then- I mean, I don't know if anybody really knows. I know before lunchtime, people were like crying and you know, we were like, shit, let's just go and get some more. And then I think the one that we actually ended up taking was like the fifth or the sixth one. Yeah. So, well, the answer is somewhere between three and 11, whatever it is. Hey, congratulations to you both on making this film happen and looking forward to your future projects, both of you. Thank right. you, Darren. Appreciate and- it. Preston, aside from having to talk to people like me, how's your day going so far? It's going great, and I do love talking to people like you. So it's, it's You never know, because I'm not going to hit you with the hard-hitting questions, but some of these people do. Yeah. Instead, right. I want to focus on what a great year 2022 was and Thank how 2023 already looking up and all that. Thank you. How, yeah. how far ahead are things planned for you at this point? Uh, honestly, I'd be lying if I said they were like, well planned into the future i mean we have kind of like um the next maybe month and a bit planned out but Mm -hmm. uh, things things in the music industry well from what i've learned from what i've experienced they just like they pop up out of nowhere and things happen so fast and like things change so fast so um i definitely have like a rough plan a rough sketch i'll say but uh even just comparing like last year just learning from last year the the kind of rough outline we had like by the beginning of the year to the end of the year it it was so different so um there's a loose plan in place but yeah for the most part we just we just deal with stuff as it comes did everything change as soon as those juno nominations came in uh i feel like maybe in yeah maybe like my mentality a little bit but as far as like everything else outside it hasn't hasn't been like an instant change i'm sure like things will sort of change as we get closer to the date and as we move past it but yeah like right now the only change is just the way i'm kind of like feeling is i'm feeling very excited and very grateful you're in demand at this moment for sure and going back to it all you had stuff happening before you worked with banks and ranks but of course once banks and ranks say we want to work with this guy things change but my question related all that is who Mm -hmm. reached out to you was it banks or ranks (laughs) honestly man i still couldn't even tell you who's banks and who's ranks and i don't even know if they can tell you either (laughs) but uh i will say that um it was actually soke so soke from banks ranks um the guy with the dreads to to make it easier for anyone but yeah so soke actually reached out to me through instagram and like the way he kind of found me was so this is like long weird confusing story but to put it into shorter terms he had a friend who ended up moving to Timmins where I'm from Mm -hmm. and a friend of mine in Timmins um ended up working at the same restaurant as him so these like one friend from Quebec and my friend from Timmins were both working together in a restaurant and they were just exchanging um music and like just talking about their friends and I guess just small talk and one thing led to another my friend sent my music to Soke's friend Soke's friend sent it back to Soke, and then Soke reached out to me. Wow. Part of my American ignorance here, but Timmins, isn't that where Shania Twain also has roots? 
yeah, that is where Shania Twain, uh, she was born there. And I'm not sure. I don't think she lived there for very long, but that's that's where she was born, I'm, I believe. Is it a coincidence that both you and her have roots there or are there other entertainers from that area? Because I remember reading that that was a very remote area. Yeah, it definitely is a very remote area. Um, it's a small town. It's like a mining town. So it's not very, um, it's not very big. Um, but yeah, I think Shania Twain is a legend and hopefully one day I'll be considered the same. So maybe it's something in the Tim is water. I don't know, man, but <laughs> it's a... Yes, uh, and- in her case, now she's doing the Vegas thing. And yeah. it's interesting because yeah. when I was growing up as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, of course, many, many decades ago as an old man, uh, when I was growing up as a kid, Vegas was not cool. And now Vegas is this destination yeah. where you should be proud that you have all these hits and you can do an hour and a half, two hour show around it. Now, yeah. considering how many hits that you've had, it <laughs> wouldn't be crazy to say in five years you're doing vegas meaning you've had this many charting hits do you pay attention to that commercial end of of stuff of do you actually look at the charts and all that that's a good question man i'm actually glad you asked that because not a lot of people ask that but i think it's different for every artist um for me personally i I try i try to kind of stay away from that side of things Mm -hmm. because it it for me personally it, it it affects my creativity and affects the way I create. Yep. I, I don't like to, I'm not gonna lie and say I don't look at the numbers. Like it's part of my job. I have to look at the numbers and I, I wanna see how my stuff is performing, but um, I don't study it. I don't look at it every day. I'm not like obsessed with it. There are people who I know who are just like yeah. on their computers, like watching the numbers in real time. My that's follower like, counts went up seven today. Exactly, yeah, like that. like that, that's not me. Um, I will say like, yeah, it, it just kind of affects my creativity. And I like to keep my music and the business kind of separate, but together, like close by, but, you know, in separate rooms. So, um, yeah, that's that's how I go about it, for sure. Well, speaking of that creativity, you are a multi-instrumentalist. And, of course, you're associated with piano and guitar. But I think I read somewhere that you start off as drums, uh, yeah. with drums being your first instrument. Is that true? That is true. Yeah. I, uh, I played the drums from, I feel like I'm not going to lie to you. Every interview I say, I started the drums at like, it goes from like 10, sometimes I say 13, just because I, I truthfully don't really remember, but <laughs> it was somewhere along the lines of me being 10 or like 13 where I started playing the drums and I played the drums for like four or five years ish. And, um, I don't really play anymore. I can still kind of get around and, uh, but yeah, that was kind of my introduction to music is the drums. That's interesting to me because usually I find that people go piano first, guitar second, then drums third. Yeah, so you went drums first. Yeah, the reason I actually went to the drums first, um, I've told the story a few times, but I haven't really talked about it much. Um, there was one Christmas where uh, me, my brother, and my sister, we had all like our parents bought us like a gift for all of us, and it was uh, it was the rock band like set. Oh, yeah it came with like the drum set and the the microphone and the guitar so we like i remember we set it up and i just kind of like i guess i was assigned to the drums or for some reason i started playing the drums and i, I kind of got good at it like i was really good on the rock band game and my parents yeah. were like they would always watch me play and they were kind of just like one day um do you want to like try the real drums and i was like okay i said yeah because i enjoyed playing the rock band kit so it made sense to me to move to a real one. And that, that was how <laughs> I kind of got into the drum. I'm 
I always confuse Rock Band and Guitar Hero because they kind of peaked at the same time. But was Rock Band the one that had Dragon Force being the really, really hard song? I think so, yeah. I feel like, yeah, that that sounds right. But I don't know. I'm not sure 100%. But So technically, you do have rock influences. It did start with rock music for you. It did. did. That's true. That's a fact. (laughs) And then when it comes to your creative process, are you more writing on piano, guitar, or just playing around in the laptop uh, software? Yeah, recently I will say it's it's unfortunate, but I haven't like it's not even to say I haven't had time to play piano or guitar, but it just feels like I haven't, and uh, I'm not as good as I was like even a year ago. So I kind of have to brush up on those skills to to get back into writing. But every now and then I will still pick up the guitar and write with my guitar. It's just a little more challenging these days, um, but yeah, it's more. It's mostly like digital now. It's like I'm either working on my computer, but mm-hmm. I uh, I prefer to work with other producers. I think my skills and where I shine is more so writing and and vocals. So I've I've been fortunate enough to have met a bunch of great producers around Canada. So I, I tend to work more so um, with a producer who can actually play the piano and guitar without messing up every five seconds but so you (laughs) can uh to interrupt you there so you can delegate that's one of your skills yeah i definitely yeah (laughs) it's it's a skill that i've been working on and it's a skill that definitely takes practice but it's um it's an essential skill in the studio for sure so seeing how much material you've written the past couple of years but how if an artist puts out more than 13 songs in an 18 month period they're looked at as being weird do you yeah. have plans to give any of your leftovers or in general write for other artists? Yeah, for sure. Um, I recently um, actually had a song that that I wrote with my brother and Banks Ranks. Um, we had a song that we had wrote. It's a beautiful song and it's it's a great song. It just didn't feel right for me. Mm-hmm. We actually, we kind of put it, I don't know where it goes, but it ended up getting picked up by um, uh, another universal artist and now it's, it's her song. So it's, uh, it's crazy. It's the first time I had ever written a song that got sang by someone else. So it's definitely something that I enjoy doing and I will definitely do more of in the future. I think we call that out here, getting a cut. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's that, getting, okay. Same thing out here. I'm just a baby in this, so I don't really know the terms. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, we talked about at the beginning of the interview that you still don't know all the plans for 2023 because things kind of change when successes and cuts and all these different things happen. But any idea if there are U.S. tour plans in the near future? Uh, definitely is something that we're working towards. Um, I've recently just played my first few shows in the, in the U.S. So I've, I've been like a little part of me has been introduced um, to the States, but as of right now, there's no no solid dates, but it's definitely something we're working towards. And as soon as as soon as I know, the rest of the world will know. So cool. My last question before I let you go has nothing to do with your success or your album or anything like that. It's do you have a TV recommendation that you could pass on? Uh, the wife and I, we go, hey, we're gonna watch this new show. We watch it in two days and we go, what's next? But hey, Preston okay. Pablo has good taste. What is Let's he go, I love this question. So a show that I've recently started watching. I actually started watching it like a few days ago. Um, it's on Disney Plus. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. It's uh oh yeah. Have, have you seen it already? 
Uh, did you ever see the movie that came out first? Yeah, so I, I was speaking to my manager about it yesterday, and he I, I didn't know there was a movie that came out first, but he was the one that told me yesterday there was a movie. So I've never seen the movie, but I I got introduced to the show through um through my cousin. And yeah, I've been watching it like every day since. It's a great show. It's like this funny like vampire comedy, which is like a weird combination, but yeah. I love it. So I uh, if you decide to check it out, hopefully you love it too, man. It's a good one. Without giving anything away, Maybe the werewolves are cooler than the vampires. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm team. I'm always team werewolves. So shout out, shout out my werewolves, man. If y'all are real, shout out you guys, bro. <laughs> Preston, thank you for your time, and looking forward to seeing you live in New York in the very near future. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Aside from having to do media where they ask you the same questions over and over and over again, how's your day going so far? It's going pretty good, man. It's going real well. Uh, thanks for asking. How are you? Nonstop, but good here. The first question, which I have, is a stupid one. But are you Jackson to everyone, or do some people get away with Jack? Or are you JR or anything like that to anyone? Uh, I'm Jackson and uh, Dad. <laughs> Pops. My okay. wife. I think my wife calls me Babe. That's about as close to a nickname as I got. Um, I don't really have a nickname, I guess. Hmm. That's but if you call me, you want to call me Jack or Jackie or asshole. I don't care. Whatever you want to call me. We'll stick with Jackson for now. And I say, Jackson, congratulations on Condor's Nest. When did you actually film this? That's a great question. Oh, man. Um, I'll be honest, man. It's been, uh, it's been a while. So I don't, I don't quite remember when I filmed this movie. Uh, I want to say about a year and a half ago, about two, maybe a year and a half, two years. Uh, there was quite a bit of post done on this film. Um, they did an incredible job with their post. They were running and gunning with this film. Uh, yet, uh, they, they, they did a lot in the back end. Um, but I okay. don't know. I've done, I've done like four movies since. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a common thing where people kind of lost track with the timeline with COVID, where some things that they filmed before COVID but didn't come out until last week. You never know these days. That's why I figured I'd ask. And was it a traditional audition for you, or did you know one of the creative people and they went, Jackson's the guy for this? Well, I do remember when I got the offer, they they called me um I was actually on vacation in Mexico with my family um, and uh, I got the, the call. And so I started reading the script. They said, oh, we want you to do this film. And Michael Ironside is attached. And I know Michael, uh, not personally, but I know his work. He's incredible. So uh, I was like, well, I'm going to read the script right away. And I actually got in a little trouble with my wife because uh, I was, you know, nose deep in my in my iPad reading the script as opposed to be, you know, swimming in the pool with the kids. So uh, I had to I had to put the put the script down and then finish it that night. Uh, but I I love the idea of a revenge thriller, you know, chasing down these Nazis. It is kind of that, you know, that 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 American machismo, that that sense um, of let's let's get these assholes, you know, let's let's track them down at the end of the earth and let's uh, make them pay for the crimes they committed. Um, and I think if anyone deserves it, the Nazis do. So that's a Pop them in the back, you know. And now you can go, hey, and plus I did a World War II era flick. You know, it's 
it's hard to guess what you're going to work on next because sometimes it's supernatural. Sometimes it's something like Guardians of Justice, which I do have a question about later. Very unpredictable discography or filmography, rather, where we can pigeonhole you to a particular era. Well, thank you. Um, I've always, you know, when I started off acting, I was, a, I was a, you know, doing theater. And in the, on the stage, I was a character actor. And so I'd always, uh, I never played the lead. I would always play the, the weird guy that come on or, uh, you know, like the, the uh, comic relief. Uh, one of my first performances I remember was uh, playing King Herod in Jesus Christ Superstar and just having a ball and a biscuit with that. So I think with these certain characters, I, I like to kind of go out there and, you know, push the boundaries as much as possible. Uh, but this, I think, is my second Nazi, Nazi era film. The other one was, uh, you know, I got to, you know, fight Nazis. So that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, that was a movie called War Hunt. And I got to film with Mickey Rourke. When, and that film actually uh, uh, took place during, we filmed uh, uh, during the pandemic, we actually were shut down halfway through filming and had to you know, go back and finish it. Uh, once we, you know, the world kind of figured out what was happening, right. um, had to go back to work. So we went and finished that one. But this is my second uh, World War II film, I believe. And this time I'm on the other side. Uh, so playing, you know, the, the bad guy. <laughs> well, do you know what film is next from the four or three that you mentioned filming since this? Do you know what's coming out next? Uh, hopefully the next one that will come out will be um, The Island, which is uh, uh, stars Michael Jai White um, and his wife, Jillian White, and uh, myself. I got to play Michael's wisecracking uh, buddy cop. I uh, got to do quite a bit of action, um, but just getting to hang out with Michael J. White, the guy's a legend. I yeah. loved Spawn as a kid. He's one of the uh, most incredible fighters. His film, Black Dynamite, that he wrote and oh, yeah. uh, I believe directed, right? He, he directed that too. Yes. Uh, he's incredible. He's, uh, he's one of those guys that you want to pigeonhole, but you really can't and you shouldn't. Um, he actually was showing me some clips from his film that's coming up next. It's amazing. I told him, I was like, anytime you want me, brother, I'm, I'm, I'm there, uh, you know, because he's, uh, he's a hoot and a holler. Did you pump him for any Steven Seagal stories in your time with him? Oh, I got a lot of Steven Seagal stories. Oh, boy. It's funny. One of our uh, one of our, um, our our stunt coordinators actually had worked a lot with Steven Seagal, and uh, one of the main stories that I kept hearing about was if you're in stunts and you're doing a Steven Seagal film, wear a cup because he will kick you in the nuts, and he won't tell you. He'll just kind of go for it. You know, he's kind of a, for lack of a better term, kind of a, kind of an asshole. Well, the story that I heard related to Michael was. He was the one guy that he knew uh, not to hit Michael. Michael kind of made it very clear of, you're not going to hit me. And he knew to back off on that one. So that speaks to how tough Michael is. Well, I also think that uh, if Steven Seagal tried to hit Michael Jai White, he would miss. <laughs> He's that quick. Well, hey, back to you, because this isn't the Michael interview. This isn't the Seagal interview. It's the Jackson Rathbone interview. And aside from your success in acting, you're also a multi-instrumentalist, great musician, but do you have a current band at the moment? Uh, currently, I don't 
play with a band. Um, I'm actually recording some some new tunes right now with a couple friends, uh, but we're doing it remotely. So what we're doing is essentially we're sending each other songs back and forth. I was very influenced when I was, uh, you know, in my early 20s and in my late teens, I should say, my late teens, early 20s by uh, the Postal Service. Oh yeah, uh, which was a uh, you know the band. Okay, they're great. So oh, they I, I was I saw their first tour, and I know they're now touring with Death Cab. Which you go, how's Ben Gibbard gonna pull off that vocal duty in one evening? You know, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know, a lot of lemon water. You know, good hot bodies <laughs> at night. Um, but yeah, so I've been making some music. I'm I'm really excited about. Um, I've been writing something. Hopefully, that'll uh, you know be a, a feature length uh, LP. Uh, but in the meantime, I've been working with a couple artists, uh, one from Detroit, Michigan, and another from uh, Nashville. So I'm really excited about those projects. I can't really say much about them because I honestly don't know what they're going to do yet. Is it under the name Jackson Rathbone or that's also to be determined as well? That's going to be to be. Yeah, TBD. Um, but my other project, the one I'm writing, that's an LP that will be under my name. To a degree, it's it. You know, I'm we're, 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 I'm toying with the idea of Jackson Rathbone and friends. Okay, maybe it'll just be Jackson Rathbone and his imaginary friends. Those are the two titles right now I'm working on. So we'll see. So in other words, keep checking the Instagram, and that's when we'll know it's out. Yeah, I'm gonna try to be a little bit better. Last time I, I released uh, an EP uh, was American Spirit Blues, and uh, I didn't really do any music videos. I didn't really tour much. Um, mm -hmm. That was more of an experimental. Uh, just trying to get into surf rock and Americana and some of the older songs that I had written um, in, in uh, post breaking up with my old band, the hundred monkeys. So I wanted to, you know, try something completely outside the box. And then now I've been kind of marinating with some songs that are, you know, uh, different genres. I, I'm, I'm getting a bit older. So I'm kind of going back to folk and uh, uh, bluegrass and uh, kind of some psychedelic rock that, that I really, you know, grew up on. The first song I ever learned how to play was Slip Sliding Away by Paul Simon. Um, Neil Young, Paul Simon, uh, with just these huge, heavy influences on me growing up. And uh, I've always wanted to do something a bit more folky. So hopefully that's, that's what will happen. Well, my last topic or question before I let you go, I mentioned Guardians of Justice before. And when that came out that week, it was top 10 on Netflix. But... Being friends with Diamond Dallas Page, I know that that was three or four years in the making before it actually came out. And to further name check on that name check, when I interviewed Jane Seymour, I asked her about working with DDP and she said, I was never in a room with him once. Now I'm curious, were you in the room with the people or was it a weird green screen put together for you as well? Well, Guardians of Justice, I mean, that was a uh, that was a hoot and a holler, too. Uh, we got to have a lot of fun with Adi Shankar's incredible uh, artistic yeah. force. Uh, Diamond was an incredible man to work with, and I did get to work with him quite a bit uh, to the extent that I do consider him a friend. And uh, I've had dinner with him and, and his beautiful wife. And um, every time I go to eat dinner with him, it's always steak. It's always like a steak like the size of my face. Non-GMO um, steak, correct? Oh, you know, he's, a, he's an incredibly clean eater. Uh, I've gotten to go to his uh, facility in Atlanta to do yoga with him, the DDP yoga system. Highly recommend it. It's an incredible workout and um, it's really good. They've been doing some amazing things. I think, you know, DDP is, is uh, God, he's such a cool guy. So I, I, I love getting to work with him.
So and you I were did. in the yeah. room with him and John Morrison and most of the cast? Uh, most of the cast, yeah. It was mainly uh, DDP. Um, yeah, no, pretty much if you see me on screen, I was with everyone on camera. Uh, if they're in the scene with me, then then I was with there. I, I was I was there. You never know these days because that Verizon commercial with Paul Giamatti, he's clearly not in the room with her. But anyway, Jackson, thank you for your time and really looking. No, let, let's talk more about the Verizon commercial. What do you mean he's not in the room with her? Outrocast. Hey, yo, check one, two. This is Flavor Flav, and I don't disappear fast because right now you are watching the Paltrocast. Outrocast.